Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. One of the greatest things that happens in the fall, for me at least, is being able to um, go on vacation with my wife. My wife and I, we usually take about a week and we go to Amarillo and we go to the WRCA Ranch Rodeo Finals and we stay in a hotel. We stay up late and eat cheese fries. And then we, and then we get up the next morning after we've slept in. And it's just a great time. Um, so it's, uh, it's an exciting time. But one of the greatest things about it is we get to go again to the WRCA finals. And at the finals, if you've never been there, at the finals, they have what they call the Cowboy Trade and Trappings show. And what it is, is it's a place where all the cowboys can come. They can trade stuff, you know, cowboy gear. They can buy cowboy gear. They can sell cowboy gear. I mean, it's one of the greatest delights of a cowboy's life. I mean, they got everything under the sun. I mean, from, you know, bits to chaps to, you know, to hats, to saddles, to art. I mean, shoots, trailers, all kinds of stuff. Well, here's the thing. You may have noticed that there was a word. It's the cowboy trade and trappings show. I believe they put trappings in there because they trap you. (laughs) They get you in there and they they trap you. But I got to thinking about that word, the trappings. And I was like, so where, where does that come from? And who called it trappings? And again, so I I decided to make a few phone calls. I I called the, the WRCA and I asked him, I said, where did this word trappings come from? And uh, they didn't really have a clue. So they sent me to a guy named Gary Morton. Anybody heard of Gary Morton? Yeah, Gary Morton's a great uh, cowboy artist. He's out of New Mexico. And I called Gary. Actually, I, they had Gary call me. I called Gary, or, or I talked to Gary, and uh, he told me a little bit about, you know, the origin of the, uh, the word trappings. The first time that he had ever heard it was um, about 30 years ago at the Trappings of the American West Art and Gear Show in Flagstaff, Arizona. And that was probably the first time, you know, that he had heard of it. Then I called Don Reeves, the curator at the National Cowboy and Western Museum, and I I asked him about it, and I was like, where did, where did it come from? He says, no one really knows. They both kind of figured, obviously, the word trappings has to do with a trapper, right? When you think about it, I mean, you think about it, if a trapper had trappings, it was probably what? His gear, his traps, and he would put them in this bag, a trapping bag, and he would put them in his bag, and then he would go out and trap things, right? And so more than likely, that's where the word originated from. But when you think of cowboy trappings, what do you think of? Well, I looked up the definitions of uh, the definition of trappings in the in the Webster's uh, dictionary, and it and it, it actually says this: trappings are ornamental equipment or clothing, right? Ornamental cl- equipment or clothing. So, to a cowboy, a cowboy's trappings are his equipment that he uses to get the job done. The material things, his gear, his saddle, his bridles. I mean, I got bridles here um, that, and I've got, you know, my shafts here. I got my saddle up here. I got a, you know, medicine bag. I got my spurs over here. I mean, all these things are trappings that, that cowboys use as their gear so that they can get a job done. And again, these, these things can be really fancy and ornate, or they can be really simple um, and, and a cowboy uses them every day. Well, here's the thing. The tools or the trappings that these cowboys have, guess what? They are their treasure. I want you to think about this. 
I mean, everything that a cowboy buys is pretty much his treasure. I've seen cowboys, and, I, and this is my, myself included, um, spend more money on these type of trappings than they did on anything else in their life. Anybody been there? Yeah, you spent way more. I mean, I, my, my boots cost more than my first car, <laughs> I think. I mean, again, and we, and, and we think that, you know, these things are going to satisfy us. And as cowboys, guess what? We're never satisfied. I mean, you go to these trading and trapping shows and you see these guys swapping bits, swapping spurs, swapping everything. You know why? Because they're never really satisfied. None of us are really satisfied. I've said to my wife before, babe, if you'll just let me buy this bit I'll never buy another one again. Anybody ever use that one? Yeah, if you just let me buy these chaps, I won't need another pair of chaps for the rest of my life. And then the next year we go back, hey, babe, those chaps kind of are worn a little bit. I mean, got a little poo on them. I think I might want some new ones. Yeah, you guys have been there. Maybe, again, cowboy or not, the truth is we're never really satisfied. I mean, our our styles change, our tastes change, our wants change, and we always feel like we can find something better or fancier or trade it off and find something new. Well, here's the point. Today, I want to start a series called Cowboy Trappings. Cowboy Trappings, and here's the subtitle, How to Enjoy the Things of This World Without Being Trapped by Them. How to enjoy the things of this world without being trapped by them. And again, God has kept this idea on my mind. I don't know if it's because I'm fixing, and maybe I'm supposed to be preaching to myself, because I'm fixing to go to the WRCA and I'm going to go to this trade show and I'm going to want everything. So maybe this was just a message that I need to hear, but I'm going to pass on the love today and uh, share it with you guys. Obviously, Christmas is coming as well. And again, we can focus in on, you know, loving the things of this world. We can focus in on the materialism of this world, or we can focus in on, obviously, loving God and thinking of things that matter in eternity. And, and again, I, I, have, I, I believe we all have this constant battle in our lives of thinking a lot about the things of the world and neglecting the things of eternity. Anybody with me? I mean, I want you to think about it. I mean, again, I, I, I just think that's true for all of us. And if all of us were to be honest, I believe all of us would say we are more prone to uh, focus our time, our thoughts, our passion, our hearts on the trappings or the treasures of this world. And we easily lose focus on the things of God. Maybe you're not like me, but that's how I am. And, and here's the, the thing. I want to I share a scripture with you today. And this is where we're going we're gonna to land uh, throughout the next few weeks. In Matthew chapter 6, look at it with me on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. It says this. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom or his kingdom, which is talking about God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Some great verses there that, again, I think help us bring back into perspective the things of this world versus the things of eternity. If we're going to enjoy, and the key word is enjoy, and I'm going to get to that in a second. If we're going to enjoy the things of this world and not be trapped by them, we must consider the answer to four questions. I'm going to give you four questions today. Number one is this. 
I want to know, and this is the question that I want to know the answer to, are the trappings or the treasures of this world sinful? Think about it. Are the trappings and the treasures of this world sinful? Well, the answer is, and you may be thinking, yes, yes, it is. I mean, we should give up everything and we should just live for God in poverty. If you're like that, you're probably in the wrong. I would say that the trappings in and of themselves, the treasures in and of themselves, the things that we enjoy in and of themselves are not sinful, right? They're not. I mean, think about it. God, since the beginning of time in Genesis, he said, everything I have created is what? Good. Everything that I have created is good. In the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, you will never find Jesus saying that, it, that legitimate wealth or riches are sinful. You'll never find it. I mean, if they're ill-gotten, if they're done by dishonesty, obviously they're, they're wrong, right? But legitimate wealth and legitimate um, riches are not sinful. I'll give you a few examples. There were so many people in the Bible that were rich, right? I mean, you think about it. Solomon, I mean, he was the richest king ever. I mean, and he wrote the book of Proverbs. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. I mean, again, he was used day in and day out. Job, what about Job? I mean, you've heard the story of Job possibly. I mean, he was a rich man and uh, the devil says, hey, God, let me, let me take everything from him and we'll see if he really serves you still. Job gets everything stripped from him. He loses all his wealth, his wife, everything. He loses everything. And he continues to stick with God. And after he sticks with God, guess what? He's blessed 10 times more than what he had before. So he became even more rich in the material things that he had before. The the last thing, Jesus himself was used. um, Well, I'll take that back. Jesus uh, when he was crucified, he was laid to rest in a tomb by the, by, that a guy owned who was a rich guy named Joseph of Arimathea. I mean, he was a rich guy. Again, he was used by God. And so here's the thing. Having things in this world, they're not sinful in and of themselves. They're actually for our enjoyment. And some of you guys need to hear this because, again, some of you guys look at things that, that are nice. When people get nice things and you go, well, they shouldn't have that. I mean, they're a Christian. They shouldn't have that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that preacher, he got a new car. I mean, he really shouldn't have that. He said that. This guy right here, he said that to me. Um, and so the Lord's speaking to you today, brother. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but, again, they are actually for our enjoyment, let me, let me give you an example. 1 Timothy 2.17. It says this, Command those who are rich in this present world, and can I just stop right here, and I always say this, rich is relative. Think about it. If you own a car, if you own a house, if you own a, a bike, you are probably richer than most of the people in this world. So don't think that, oh, I don't have the money that makes me rich. No, you may not have the money, but you got, a, you got at least four jackets. You got probably at least 10 pairs of shoes. You got a house over your head. Those things mean that you're rich to the majority of the, of the world. So don't think that I'm just talking about millionaires here, but listen to what it says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? For our enjoyment. Again, God has blessed us with the things of this world for our enjoyment and for our pleasure. How many of you guys, let's clap on that. I'm excited about that. 
I mean, again, that, that is something that, again, I love. Um, how many of you guys would be honest and say, you know, you're somewhat uh, materialistic? Just be honest. I'm, I'm raising my hand. Somewhat materialistic. Yeah, I mean, I think in all of us, we have a sense of that. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're the most materialistic. Because <laughs> you're, af- you're too afraid to admit it. Um, but here, here's the second question. And this leads me to the next question. Well, if the things of this world are not sinful in and of themselves, here's number two. What makes the trappings or the treasures of this world sinful? What makes them sinful? I mean, again, this is something that I have to ask myself because I could get caught up in materialism. But here's the answer. Let me give you the answer. The answer is when our heart, listen to this, when our heart is set more on the treasures of this world than on the treasures of heaven. Think about that. The thing that makes the things of this world sinful is when our heart is set more on those things that are material than the things that are eternal. Verse 21 of Matthew chapter 6, look at the screen with me. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so listen, when our time, when our thoughts, and when our energy are spent more on obtaining the things of this world than on the things of heaven, we are sinning. We are sinning. You know what the sin is? It's the sin of idolatry. You ever thought about it? I mean, the sin of idolatry, you think, well, what is that? The sin of idolatry is putting something ahead of God. We make an idol of the things that we have and we put them ahead of God. This scripture is not on the screen, but listen to it. Exodus 20, verse 3. It's it's the first commandment that, that Moses was given by God. Listen to what it says. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. Shall have no other gods before me. And so again, I believe that if we set our heart on the things of this world, the treasures of this world more than the things of God, they become sinful. Here's the other thing. Here's the other reason why I I think things become sinful. Because we only store up the treasures for ourselves. Ever thought about it? I mean, I've got got all this stuff and I'm storing it up for myself. And when someone needs it, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. I mean, that's staying right where it's at. You know what I'm saying? I mean, again, when we store up these things for ourselves, it becomes sinful. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, do not store up for your what? Yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Again, if our goal in life is to store up for ourselves all of these things, then we are sinning. And can I just give you the answer to overcome this? Generosity is the killer of materialism. Think about it. If you are generous with the stuff that God has blessed you with, you will kill the idea of materialism. I mean, again, one of the desires of my heart is that Christians would be the most generous people on the face of the earth. But the truth is, a lot of times, they're the tightest. Can I get an amen on that? Some of you guys, yeah. (laughs) I know that was so good. Golf clap. I mean... Again, all you tightwads, you're afraid to say, to clap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, I believe that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the face of the earth. You know why? Because it's one of the greatest witnesses that we have. If we're tight with the things that God has given us, then people are going to look at us and they're going to go, they're just a bunch of stuck up prudes and tightwads and they aren't generous with what God has blessed them with. 
I don't know, anybody with me? I, again, I, I believe that with all my heart. And so here's one of the desires that I've set in my own life. Here, and this may be, I'm not perfect at this, but this is one of the desires that I have. I want God to use everything I have for his glory. Everything, from the horses to the truck, to the trailer, to the guns, everything that I have, from the dog that I used to have, from the chickens that I used to have, Everything that I, that I have, I want it to be used for the glory of God. And again, you can say, well, that's just a cop-out to get more things. Sometimes it is. Can we just be honest? I mean, sometimes they're like, God, I got to have this saddle. I mean, I could share that saddle with so-and-so, and then so-and-so will get a blessing. Come on, don't act like you haven't done it. Again, you guys are like too spiritual today. But here's the, here's the truth. First, first John 3.17 says this. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You hear what I'm saying? Again, material things in and of themselves aren't sinful until we set our hearts more on them than we do God and we use our possessions for ourselves. Right? Here's question number three. How do I know where my treasure is? How do I know where my treasure is? I'll give you, I think, three things here to figure out how you know where your treasure is. And this is going to get personal. So ready for this? Here's how you know where your treasure is. Find out what controls your mind. Find out what controls your mind, and then you will find out where your treasure is. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this, Since then you have, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Again, we should set, have our minds set on those things. And if my mind is set more on the material things that I have or that I want to get, or the things, you know, again, that I, that I want to, to buy rather than on what God wants to accomplish in my life, then I'm, again, I'm sinning. And so what controls your mind? Here's another way to put it. When you think about the things of this world, do you think about, again, uh, of them in light of how God would use them or how you can use them? Again, it's all a matter of perspective in your mind as well. Do you give the Lord your possessions and ask him to, you know, to use them for his glory? Again, remember this. It's not wrong to own things. But when they own you and you're worried more about your things than you are about other things, again, they, they, that's where it becomes sinful. And so again, I, that's, just the, that's just the way. And you say, well, but how do I overcome that? Here's how, here's how you overcome it, or here's how I overcome it. I get off the internet and stop looking at things that I want, and I go read the Word of God. Again, you have materialistic thoughts. You have these thoughts that consume you all day long. Get off the internet. Stop looking at things that you are going to always want and spend more time with God, and He will replace the materialistic thoughts in your mind with the truth of His Word, and you will begin to see things in an eternal way rather than in a material way. And again, do I still get online and look at things? Absolutely. But do I do it for four hours before I go to bed? No. I spend time in the Word of God before I go to bed. Again, and so that's how you combat this. The second thing is, you know, how do I find out where my treasure is? Find out what controls your time. And you'll find out where your treasure is. Think about this. What controls your time is what your treasure is. Is your time spent more on earning a dollar or changing eternity. 
Think about it. Is your, is your, is your mind and, and your time set on more about, you know, getting a buck so that you can spend it or on the things of God? You may be thinking, well, Bo, I have to spend time at my job. It's my job. And I would say this, that is true. I mean, again, I believe that, yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't work. I mean, you're a fool if you don't work and provide for yourself and for your family. But when your work and your money becomes just a means of gaining more stuff, the trappings of this world may be your treasure. I want you to think about it. And here's the, here's the other side that I, I have to think about. What am I teaching my kids about the things of this world? <laughs> I mean, in, in light of what, I have three kids, eight, six, and four, and in light of all the things that I have and all the things that, you know, they get from their Mimi and Papa and who, they get spoiled and all that stuff, again, what am I teaching my kids is more important? Is it the things of this world or is it the things of God? And you have to consider that. I mean, again, and, and you think, well, no, my job's the most important. No, it's not. Can I just let, let some of you guys free? Some of you guys think, well, I have to work. And absolutely, you have to work. It's one of the things that God has called us to do. But here, here's the, here, use this as an idea. Lord, I'm giving you my job. Lord, use my job. Use the money that I make on my job. Use the, the cattle that I sell. Use everything that I have, everything that you've given me, the trucks, the trailers. Use it all for your glory. Again, when you keep that perspective in your mind and you put your time into the job that you do so that you can make an eternal difference, then it becomes a glorifying thing to God. You see the difference? And so again, it's not quit your job and just spend time in a convent and become a monk. It's give your job to the Lord and he will bless it. Um, Again, is it wrong to spend time doing things that you love? Absolutely not. But here's the thing, when those things consume the majority of your time and you don't have time to spend with God, you don't have time to serve others or to serve the church, then you may be trapped by the treasures of this world. Are you getting this? So you guys are staring at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> again, I, this is, this is going to set you free from, the, again, the love of things in this world. And if you'll listen to it, again, it, it could do that. How else do I know where my treasure is? Number three is this. Find out what controls your wallet. You find out what controls your wallet and you will find out where your treasure is. Are you spending more of your money on accumulating things to build an empire on earth? And guess what? That empire is going to rust. It's going to fade. It's going to be eaten by mice. And and again, it's, it's, it's going to fade. Are you spending more of your money on the things that are going to fade? Or are you being generous back to God with the money that he's given you? Again, and some of you guys are like, wow, you know, you may be thinking, well, there goes the preacher again. He's telling me to give all my money to the church. No, I'm not. Here's what I'm saying. Uh, you, you say, maybe you're saying it like this. You know, both, both saying that I can't buy that new horse because I have to give all my money to the church. No, I'm not. I'm saying buy the new horse, but give God uh, what he deserves first. Does that make sense? And the golf claps. <laughs> I mean, again, some of you guys are looking at me like, oh, I don't know about all this. But listen, if you will put God first, if you, and, and again, if you can afford to do both, do both. But don't neglect giving God what he has already given you. 
I mean, think about it. Again, he's given you every dollar that you have. And if you will give a portion back to him and put him first, then he will, again, he will give you what you need. That's the way that it works. And so again, um, make God or make giving to God your priority and your heart will be full. And again, like it or not, our wallets say a lot about where our treasure is. Here's the last question that I have. Who should be our treasure? Who should be our treasure? The answer is God. The true treasure of this world and the world to come and in heaven is God himself. Look at Matthew 6, It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The key word is first. If you will put God first in your life over everything that you have, he will provide for your needs. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, I mean, really, if you will give God everything that you have and you will put him first, he will supply all your needs. And you say, Bo, are you a prosperity preacher where you're saying, yeah, we're going to get all rich and all that stuff? Absolutely not. You may not be rich ever in your life, but at least you put God first and you are going to reap the treasures in heaven. Psalm 37, four says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that verse. But you have to delight yourself in the Lord first. And here's the the key factor. Without a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, we have no real treasure. You don't have a real treasure. The things that you own are not real treasure. The things that you think you want to buy are not real treasure. The things that uh, come from God, those are the true treasures of this life. The world cannot satisfy you. The trappings of this world will never bring you eternal peace and you can't buy salvation. It's only through Jesus Christ. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to look, continue our look at this. And here's a couple other things that we're going to, follow, we're going to learn. What are the treasures in heaven? I mean, if you had treasures on earth, right? What are the treasures in heaven? And here's, here's one that I'm looking forward to. How can I keep the treasures of my relationships as far as the treasures of people in my life, how can I keep them becoming, from becoming more important than God? Because again, even your relationships on earth become an idol before God, okay? So I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. How many of you would say, and nobody's looking around, everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes are closed. And again, we do that so that we can kind of, you know, again, concentrate. It's not, there's nothing really holy or spiritual about it. We just do it so that you can concentrate and you're not distracted. But how many of you guys would say, and be honest, how many of you guys would say, I live more for earthly things than I do eternal things? How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that? Be honest. I live more for earthly things than I do eternal things. I think if we were all to be honest, we would all have to raise our hands. Here's the thing. The things of this world, they're going to pass away. The things that you have right now, they are going to rust and fade. But the things of God are going to last for eternity. And so my question to you is this. Are you trapped by the things of this world? Do they have your mind? Do they have your time? Do they have your wallet? Do they have everything? And, and, and God just gets seconds Or is God first in your life? 
And everything else that you have is, is his because you've given it to him. Can I just talk to the teenagers, those of you that are teenagers in here today? You may be thinking, oh, I want to be rich one day. That's my goal. Listen, if that's, if that's what God wants for you, he will make it happen. But you, you need to put God first. You may have friends that are materialistic and, and they try to get you to buy things that you can't afford. Listen, you don't have to give in to that. God will give you the desires of your heart if you will delight in him. How many of you guys would be honest and say, you know what, Bo? My fulfillment is controlled by the things that I have rather than the things of God. My, my, my fulfillment is controlled by the things that I have rather than the things of God. Again, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. Maybe, maybe your prayer needs to be, Lord, help me to enjoy the things that you've given me, but help me to help my treasure to be found in you and the things you treasure. Maybe that needs to be your prayer today. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ personally. You've never experienced the true fulfillment that you can know in knowing Christ. You've searched for the relationships. You've searched for the the money. You've searched for all the things in this world and you found them. Maybe you have them, but they haven't truly fulfilled you. I'm going to let you in on a secret. The only person that can truly fulfill you is Jesus Christ himself. And so maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, how do I know Jesus? How do I, how do I find that true treasure that can fulfill me in life? Here's how you do it. You give your life to him. And you say, how do I do that? You just maybe in your seat right now, you just say this simple prayer. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I've done things wrong. And I'm asking you to forgive me and come into my life. It's that simple. If you will give your life to Christ, he will come into you and he will will bear the fruit that only he can bear. He will give you the peace that only he can give. He will give you the fulfillment that only he can give. And you will find blessing. You will find joy in your hearts like you've never felt before. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you just prayed that prayer in your heart. Here's what we ask you to do. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. We're not going to embarrass anybody. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life and you gave your life to Christ, all we ask you to do is fill out that orange card that was on your chair. Place it in one of these yellow buckets and we will contact you about your decision. You say, why do you want to contact me? Here's why. Because we believe that we can do things and go through this life and be more successful together than we can alone. And so listen, if you've just given your life to Christ, the devil is going to attack you because now you're an opponent rather than an ally of his. And so again, you need the help of the church. You need the help of Christian godly friends. And so we ask you to fill out that card and you say, I don't have a card. Text your name to the number on the screen as you leave and then we will contact you. It's that simple. If you have other decisions or prayer requests, fill out that card and we would be happy to to answer any questions or to pray for you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. I want to thank you for being here today. And if if we can serve you in our church and help you, let us do that, please. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to expose the lie of the devil that says that the things of this world are going to satisfy us. And to expose the truth that says that you are the only thing that can satisfy our deepest need. And so, Lord, we thank you for that truth. And we pray that you would just continue 
to, to show us what that looks like. And may we begin to live for eternity, not for the temporary. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.